0: Now, with great, great pleasure, I bring in a wonderful person, Congressman Steve Scalise. He's the number two Republican in the House, going to be one of the leaders of the cavalry when they finally get around to it. Steve Scalise, thank you for coming and giving us your time today. Appreciate it. Hey, Larry, always great to be back with you. So I want to know a couple of things I want to talk to you about, sir. But I want to know if Trump's there handing out nuclear secrets to the Russians and the Chinese. How come they waited 19 months to go after it? Or or, they all met cordially in June. Trump basically gave them everything they wanted to. Then they didn't hear from them for two months. Or they got their search warrant last Friday, a week ago Friday, but didn't come on Monday. I mean, if this was so urgent... If he's destroying and concealing classified top secret documents, if he's guilty of espionage, if he has nuclear secrets, how come they waited so long? Or or is this just another effort like impeachment for to stop him from running for president? What are you thinking about this, Steve Scalise? Well, I
1: think, you know, the answer to that real good and well, if his last name wasn't Trump, surely if it was Clinton or Biden, uh, this none of this would have happened. And and it's not just this. And, you know, this goes back to the day that he announced in twenty seven, twenty sixteen and came down the elevators over at Trump Tower. They've been out to get him. The you, know, you saw the planning of the steel dossier. You saw FISA warrants that were falsified. You've seen this over and over again uh, by some of the top brass uh, that have abused their power. And uh, he was complying. He even talked about some of the conversations they were having about some of the classified information and some other information where they, they asked him to put some things behind lock and key, and he did it. And, uh, and yet they still do the raid when they knew he was out of town. Look, even Alec Dershowitz said this never should have happened this way, even if they had justification for it, because he was in New York uh, dealing with a whole, a whole other rogue prosecutor, the attorney general in New York, who ran on a platform not of carrying out justice, but of going after Donald Trump. That was her platform. She said she was going to use the agency to go after Trump because she hated him. And she's trying to do that, and, and she won't be successful like they haven't. But it just shows you this constant pattern of harassment.
0: What did you think of Merrick Garland's uh, announcement the other day? Gets up there on his high horse and defends law enforcement this is this is a guy, by the way, who didn't who who didn't chase the protesters away from Kavanaugh. Somebody tried to murder him. Didn't chase the protesters away from you know, the Supreme Court justices. Uh, uh, called. called parents going to school board meetings, uh, domestic terrorists. This is the same guy. And then, of course, he wouldn't take questions. I mean, what what was the reaction to that?
1: Oh, we were livid. I mean, he didn't answer any of the questions behind why this unprecedented action was taken. But more than that, and you're alluding to it, he started off saying that justice should be administered equally. And yet look at all the examples where justice has not been administered equally. You know, you go back to Hillary Clinton with the emails uh, destroying evidence and, and bragging about it. She's selling hats, uh, joking about it because the FBI said they won't go after her. Uh, then you look at uh, w- what's happened with so many of these other cases. Uh, the Supreme Court justice is blatant violation of federal law to be trying to intimidate and bully a Supreme Court justice to change their view on an issue. And he just said it was OK. Let it go. Uh, yet here you see a constant pattern of attacking not just Donald Trump, but his family uh, and his inner circle. And it's been going on for years. And, uh, you know, th- that's what hurts the trust people have in some of these agencies that we all respect and love, and we want to see them get back to that level that they used to be at, and it's people like Merrick Garland who are undermining that trust.
0: You know, Steve Scalise, um, I have no doubt that the vast majority of rank-and-file FBI agents are good folks chasing down criminals, protecting the country, I mean, I want to respect the. FBI. And I share your assessment. I share yeah, your assessment. Sure, it's at but the it's, top. It's- but it's yeah, that's right. It's the upper echelon, Steve. The up and and we saw we saw what they did with the Russian collusion stuff—a big hoax and the Steele dossier and this phony FISA court thing they brought. But here, it's like they, here they go again. Here they go again.
1: No, it's over and over again. It's a constant pattern. And, you know, people want to feel that justice uh, is is blind, that justice is carried out based on facts, except I think most people recognize that if your name happens to end with the word Trump, you're Mm -hmm. going to be treated differently, and they're going to go after you, whether there are facts or not, to see if they can find something. And that's not the way justice is supposed to work.
0: Do you think they'll ever release the actual affidavits, the application for the search warrant contains affidavits that uh, presumably have probable cause for evidence of federal crimes, or at least that's the speculation. That's how these things, you think they'll ever release that? Do will ever know what the reasoning was behind this?
1: I'd be surprised. It might be years. Uh, I don't see it coming anytime soon. You know, he even said he, he even kind of left that out conveniently uh, when, when he gave his five minute press conference, because they talk about, The warrant itself, which is just going to be their one side of the story, but you've got to back it up with evidence. And is there evidence? What is it? Can we see it? And I think the public ought ought to be able to see that.
0: Yeah, I mean, the public will not be satisfied unless there's transparency here. I think that's going to be a key point. You know, I think that's going to be a very key point. We're, We're never going to know what's really in these documents. We're never going to know what's what what are in all these, you know, cases that they carted off. We'll never know this. I mean, is this linked to the January sixth commission? You
1: don't know that, and it, we it may be. You know, and I mean, was this a fixed fishing expedition? Did they use a pretense of you know records with the National Archives that every president, by the way, has had an opportunity to to take records home and start writing memoirs and pr- establishing their presidential libraries. Every president, Republican Democrat, has had that opportunity, uh, this is the first time where they tried to go and, and raid a person's house, a former president's house, using that as the excuse. And again, he had been cooperating even on the questions of classification. and was, we know a president has the sole right to declassify information. So even if they thought something might have been classified, it may have at some point been declassified by President Trump himself which would no longer make it classified. But we don't know any of that because they're not sharing sure these details.
0: You know, that's a really good point, that the presidential libraries have millions and millions of documents uh, under these various presidents. That's a, I hadn't thought about that. That's a very good point. Uh, yeah, and apparently- Obama had
1: millions of pages, millions of pages of documents he took. But he said he would put them online six years later. They're still not online, but it it was his right, as every president has had that right, to work with the agencies, whether it's National Archives or intelligence agencies, to take documents that were related to their presidency with them after they leave office. It's never been questioned, by the way. We surely never questioned it with Democrat presidents. You've never seen it questioned with Republican presidents. It's only now, again, because the last name of this president is Trump.
0: If and when you recapture the House, the cavalry is coming, uh, what can you do now to try to right this wrong? Yeah, and, and Larry, this is where I think we've got to ask the serious questions, and we can
1: we can bring people in and get those answers. I've been talking to Jim Jordan, who would be the chairman of the Judiciary Committee. And Jim, obviously, his committee would be at the forefront of a lot of this where they'd have the ability to get answers to a lot of these questions that, that none of us can answer right now.
0: Yeah, boy. It's, you know, it's like you're sitting, you're sitting in the Justice Department. And by the way, from my experience, Steve, these kinds of major decisions, very impactful decisions, I don't know if the president knew, but I will bet you almost any amount of money the chief of staff knew. <laughs> The president's council knew. I mean, these just inflame the country. It's like putting us through this whole thing all over again. After all these other attempts to impeach him and perpetrate these hoaxes have utterly failed. I mean, they just can't help themselves. It's like a moth drawn to a flame.
1: Yeah. And when it's driven by personal hatred, again, I think when you, when you get concerned about the distrust that's being put in some of these institutions because they feel it's being weaponized to go after political enemies, uh, that, that's what we can't, we can't let that become the norm in in the United States of America. You know, you hear these conversations about banana republics and third world countries, and we know it goes on there. It can't go on here. It can't be something that becomes accepted or tolerated in the United States. And, you know, you beat your political opponents at the ballot box. That's how we solve things in America, nowhere else. Uh,
0: What are the people back home, Louisiana, saying about this? And I'm sure Republicans are furious, but what about Democrats or independents?
1: Yeah, you know, there's true, valid anger from from Republicans, and I think a lot of independents who— who might not have even liked Donald Trump, but but recognize that this this goes over the line, you know the the silence is deafening from the left, from the Democrats who, innately they know this is wrong too, they know their side has never had this kind of treatment, uh, and other Republican presidents haven't had this kind of treatment and in, in, in kind of heavy-handedness, and yet they're being silent, and uh, silence is is a vindication for wrongdoing if you sit mm-hmm. by. And
0: let it happen. Uh, Steve, I'm reading all the great reports coming out of your WHIP's office, which have been so helpful, and also the Budget Committee and the Ways and Means Committee to give us the real numbers in this thing. So we've got about $750 billion of new spending, and we've got about $600 billion of tax increases, and we've got a continued assault on the fossil fuel industry We've also got drug price controls. Uh, this, is going to, this is going to damage our economy. This will damage our economy. And uh, the Inflation Reduction Act is really the Inflation Expansion Act. And walk through some of the highs or some of the lows here <laughs> yeah. as you see it.
1: Yeah, and and Larry, you hit on a few of those, and you know our, our mutual good friend Francis Burke put a lot of that together because uh, we've been working through just to identify how bad this bill is. It's moved pretty fast. They still don't have a Congressional Budget Office score. Mm. Typically, any bill that comes to the House floor before it's voted on has a score by the CBO, the Congressional Budget Office. These are the referees that determine how much a bill is going to cost uh, based on what's what's in the bill. Well, just like the old adage, you know, you got to pass the bill to find out what's in it with Obamacare, which they still keep having to prop up with additional taxpayer money. This bill came to the floor, did not even have a score. So no one really knows what the true cost is going to be. What we do know, and and I think some of the things you pointed out are what we know, number one, it's going to be over $760 billion in new taxes. And it's going to end up probably being over a trillion dollars in new spending when you take out the budget gimmicks because they included a whole lot of budget gimmicks. Like, for example, Obamacare, they, they cut Medicare spending, Larry, $250 billion. If you're a senior, they cut $250 billion out of Medicare's drug program to pay for subsidies in Obamacare. So people making over $100,000, for example, can now get access to Obamacare subsidies. So that was one of the pieces of the bill. But they only paid for the spending for three years even though the taxes are for 10 years. And we all know it's a a 10-year program, so if you only are counting for three years of the spending, what happens when the other seven years of spending hit? It will not reduce the deficit. It's going to increase the deficit, but it's also going to increase inflation. It's going to increase gas prices. They have billions of dollars in new taxes on energy at a time when families are paying probably $150 to fill up their car, Uh, They're going to be paying more under this bill. Whatever your household electricity bills are, they're going to go up because they put a natural gas tax in this bill. Uh, And by the way, Biden's promise that he won't raise taxes on people making less than $400,000 a year. Remember that? He made it over and over again, completely broken in this bill by something we haven't talked about yet. They hire an army of 87,000 new IRS agents. They more than double the size of the IRS, and there were a lot of concerns these agents would be going after low-income people, not millionaires and billionaires. So there was an amendment offered in the Senate to say that they, these new agents cannot go after people making less than 400000 It was voted down on a party-line vote. Every Democrat voted against the amendment because they want this army of new IRS agents to go after people making less than $100,000 a year. You know, you're a gig worker. If you're a, a bartender or a waiter somewhere at a restaurant— They're going to be going after you to try to raise over $20 billion in new taxes from low- and middle-income people. That's all in the bill, and it all passed yesterday on a straight party-line vote. Not a single Republican voted for it. Every Democrat voted—I mean, not a single Democrat voted against it. So every Democrat voted yes. Every Republican voted no.
0: $53 billion in a last-minute tax hike on small businesses now is that the the 1% excise oh no the, that's the um, limitation on loan loss provisions isn't it yeah
1: they they had all kind of new changes to the tax code that are really going to be a gut punch to your small businesses so if you're a small business owner uh, there's going to be billions in new taxes you're going to have to pay under this bill again at a time when inflation is through the roof when every small business owner is struggling because it costs 20%, 30% more to get your goods, even if you can get the co- the goods that you need to make your products. It's going to be making it harder to manufacture in America with the natural gas tax. So over and over again, everybody knows this is going to increase inflation. It's going to increase energy prices. And it's going to increase the deficit when you take out the budget gimmicks.
0: There's about I – did, I didn't know this until, um, I guess, yesterday, maybe the day before. But the EPA – is gonna have some kind of government bank? Uh, I don't know what the capitalization is. I've seen estimates as high as $50 billion. I mean, this is like one gigantic slush fund for the EPA to go out and overregulate and stop greenhouse gases and all other fossil fuels. Government bank, really? I thought that stuff had been rejected for years.
1: Yeah, it had been rejected for years for good reason because it shouldn't happen. We, we go back to Cylindra. You know, remember the right. days of Cylindra under President Obama, where you had uh, this huge slush fund at the Department of Energy to just give out money for all this great green energy. And, and think about this, because they talked about this yesterday over and over. You know, green energy—we're going to save the planet. Unicorns are going to be flying with pixie dust. And so they put hundreds of billions of dollars for green energy programs. So you created all these Cylindra-type slush funds and. Anybody that doesn't remember Solyndra, go Google it. It was about $500 million of taxpayer money to prop up a solar company so that Joe Biden, who was then vice president, could go to the ribbon cutting, even though people in some of the agencies like Energy were saying this thing is going to be a bust. Sure enough, the company went bankrupt in six months, and the $500 million of your taxpayer money, all gone, never got a dime of it back. They're going to now have billions to hand out in these kind of slush
0: funds. So I thought most folks recognized that the massive federal spending going all the way back to the $2 trillion bill uh, in March of 2021, and then the infrastructure bill, and now we have this bill. We also have the uh, CHIPS Plus bill, which is a bunch of corporate welfare. Mm-hmm. Semiconductors don't need it. That was about $280 billion. We're we're really talking about over a trillion dollars in new federal spending passed in recent weeks. I I mean, I thought people understood that excessive federal spending was one of the primary causes of inflation. Now what we've got is excessive, more excessive federal spending, which will cause more inflation.
1: Yeah, Larry, and you wonder why Nancy Pelosi and and her allies in the House are going to lose the majority in November. It's because of this. The, The country gets this. You know, you go back over a year ago after they did the first $1.9 trillion spending bill to pay people not to work when people were just starting to reopen after COVID, and people said, stop the madness, stop the spending. And instead, they keep doubling down on it. They did $1.2 trillion, calling it an infrastructure bill where maybe a third of the bill had to do with infrastructure. The other two-thirds had to do with more government spending. You know, how many people are getting phone calls to their congressional offices saying, Hey, go double the size of the IRS, not to to work on backlogs of your tax returns, but to go after low and middle income people. And again, we just got a report yesterday morning that exposed that that's going to be at least $20 billion in new taxes for lower income people, not the millionaires and the billionaires that these new agents are going to be going after. Uh, You know, all of this stuff is what what are disgusting people about what's coming out of Washington right now and what Biden and Pelosi are doing to this country.
0: New uh, new agents armed to the teeth. I mean, we saw the uh, online yes. posting for new jobs. Uh, you got to have guns. You got to be prepared for violent situations. I mean, what is that all about? Hey,
1: and nobody can explain any of this. Right? <laughs> this is just, you know, this is just their opportunity. They had a chance to go and spend more money before they they lose in November, and uh, right. and they did to a high level and. You know, Joe Manchin was one of the ones who helped write this bill. Anybody who thinks $760 billion in new taxes is some moderate compromise, mm. you know, please, please go reevaluate re- your, you know, your own personal philosophy because that's as liberal as you can get. And again, with the anti-energy provisions, this is going to do more damage to the economy than we already are seeing.
0: Steve Scalise, you're wonderful to spend time with us and walk through all this. I can't thank you enough. Good luck on the campaign trail. We'll talk soon.